Thank you, healthcare workers. Thank you, veterans. Thank you, first responders. Thank you, essential workers. Thank you from Canasense Total Wellness. Medical cannabis is now legal by telemedicine. Get the medicine you need by getting reviewed for a medical cannabis card. Contactless appointments available at canasense.com. For as low as $39, you can get reviewed for a medical cannabis card. That's canasense.com for a licensed medical cannabis doctor review. Please take medicine responsibly. Canasense.com has all the information you need to get connected with a doctor for a $39 medical cannabis appointment. Go to canasense.com today for a contactless appointment. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-E-N-S-E.com. Get the medicine you need by getting reviewed for a medical cannabis card at Canasense.com. Canasense is common sense. Paper by the Canasense Foundation. Thank you. This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at brepromotions.com to schedule your free consultation. Hi, this is Jay Bachochin, researcher here in southeast Wisconsin, who's hunting for the truth. Looking for Sasquatch? I do have a film out on Amazon Prime called Finding Jay. There's no fluff there, it's all facts. You are listening to Inside the Goblin Universe. Hello again, goblins, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Murphy. And I'm joined by none other than Mr. Brian Bowden. How are you doing tonight, Brian? I'm doing really good, Ron. It's great. we got a great guest tonight. Um, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a quick show. Um, there's a lot going on, but it's its good. I've, I've wanted this man on forever uh, since I, I've, I've seen something that he's done, and its I think it's fantastic. But let's not waste any time. Um, let's welcome Jay Bachochin to the uh, Goblin Universe. Jay, how are you? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me on there, Brian and Ron. Appreciate it. How are you guys doing it's, tonight? It's been over a year since we've seen you, my friend. Yes. And uh, it seems like like it's been forever. But uh, you know, this, this this there's so much to talk about. Uh, your show, uh, Finding Jay, which which is as you know, we, we, we can't say enough about it. Um, I also am one of these investigators that like to take my kids out with me as well too, and I think that that's really the neat perspective that your show has. That you show that you can go outside, you're going to actually you know look for the unexplained, the the unusual, and still take your kids along. And at the end of the day, it becomes a good bonding experience, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. I mean, you know, the whole thing is too. You know, even just going out, I don't even like to call it researching when I go out. I like to call it hiking, getting out in nature and uh, just having my kids put their Xbox controllers down and you know, the <laughs> games and just just get out and kind of enjoy nature, you know, at what it is, you know, because here we don't have the, uh, you know, the, this, I would say the really big predators, but still some, you know, we got some bobcat, coyote, wolf will come down here. Um you know, also uh, uh, mountain lions, but, you know, they're kind of scarce. But at the same time, I got to take them out. I don't want them to be scared of the woods. I want them to enjoy nature. 
So I definitely love doing that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I might, might are just a little bit, tad bit too young to be going in the woods, and they're um, being girls, they're more gr into girly girls things. Uh, the only thing my youngest ever said was a couple of years ago is like, if you see Bigfoot, take him home because I want to have a tea party, which would be interesting altogether. Um, uh, you know, that happening would be fantastic. But that said, how did you get started in this? I mean, like, you know, this is not your, this does it's Bigfoot. I always get the same question. Like, how did you get started in in researching this cryptid? Um, you know, the funny thing is, I really didn't believe Bigfoot existed up until about 2013. So, therefore, anything prior to 2013, I thought Bigfoot was more Harry and the Hendersons, uh, the Lucky Charms dude. Um, you know what I mean? Just something yep, yep. that is maybe some good folklore. Now, why is that? Because, you know, I grew up watching, you know, the Godzilla, King Kong, and Frankenstein, you know, the creature features back in the 70s. I know I dated myself. No, but, I'm with you. You know, that's, yeah, that's how uh, I've always been into, not just the paranormal, but supernatural. UFOs have uh, always been a lifelong jam of mine. You oh, know, yeah. I um, have uh, ever since 1977 when I, Saw one with my family. I was hooked from there, you know, they're out. And, um, you know, when uh, I never really went out and did any researching or anything like that. I chased UFOs in the car, you know, but you can only go so far before the next stoplight. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <clears throat> and uh, so then a little bit later on in life, uh, I, I especially like at, when was it on the sci-fi when ghost hunters first came out and it was the only paranormal show on TV. And, um, that was, that really intrigued me because I always thought ghosts were real and, um, you know, I, but I, you know, we really never just kind of watched the shows just like any other person would with, uh, being intrigued. Uh, but it wasn't until my wife, mine and my wife's honeymoon, we went out to the East coast Kind of, we call it the amazing race. We get there in Boston and just kind of do the whole East Coast thing. Well, we ended up in Salem, and it was near Halloween. How oh, perfect. And uh, they were doing some the, the walking ghost tours. Oh, great And we stuff. went on one of those. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> just, just to be able to do that. And we were with 50 people and a guide, and we're just kind of going from <laughs> building to building type of thing. But, I, you know, at that point when I got back, I said... I want to, I'd like to see what like Ghost Hunters is doing. See if that's real. Because, you know, everything on TV is for entertainment and for advertisement, you know. Um, so, you know, I started getting the meters and everything like that and starting to go to graveyard, just me and my wife. Some of our friends caught, caught wind of what we were doing. Right. Showed interest. <laughs> Therefore, we had about like, you know, three or four people now. And uh, so I decided... We need a name like Taps. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what could we be? Let's get some acronyms going. And uh, we ended up being the Wisconsin Paranormal Investigators, WPI. Uh, and my slogan, I don't even say slogan. My mission has always been to hunt the truth. Um, you know, try to debunk it first, prove it second. Uh, you got to go with an open mind. So it's not like I want to say that there, you know, is you know, uh, is not real because I'm going to debunk it. It was a 
you know, the fridge starting up in the middle of the night or something. You got to have an open mind too. And uh, so the, the team grew to about 10 people. And uh, we started doing businesses, houses. You know, we set up a website. And uh, then we started doing some, I call them pay and plays, going to like Ohio State Reformatory. Right. Uh, and, and, but still looking for the truth. Remember, Bigfoot wasn't even on I, my blipped radar. However, uh, I live 13 minutes away from uh, Bray Road in oh. Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Oh, that! So, wait, 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 wait! Stop, stop for two seconds. You live 13 minutes from Bray Road? Yeah, I see it every day. Every okay, keep day. keep going. Where's Ron? We got to circle back on this one. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what I know because I've seen him on plenty of programs talking about Bray Road. So, you know, I'm I'm familiar with that, um, which I found fascinating. So, you're going to have to talk about, uh, of, of course, we'll have to come back to that. But okay, finish your ghost story, and then we got to talk about some some werewolves. Yes. Oh yeah, got it. So the thing is, I've heard of stories of a werewolf living up in Elkhorn. That's what I heard. As we're still doing the ghost investigation, I'm like, "Come on, werewolves! What's going on?" And uh, so I'll fast forward really quick to 2013, and um, you know, investigations started becoming a little bit less and less of people requesting them. And so I thought, you know what? We're a paranormal, which to me meant everything, right? Let's go check out, you know, Bray Road. No one has to call us to do it. Let's just go down and patrol it. You know, because uh, I, I, I've learned, because I met Linda Godfrey in 2011 at a ghost conference, and she talked about Bray Road, and she said, you can't really get off on Bray Road, meaning pull over and investigate. It's all privately owned, all farms, you know, third, fourth generation farmers. They all know each other. Your car's there. They see you. They're going to call, you know, call down the line there. So we would just drive it and patrol it. Well, one evening in uh, October 19th, 2013, we kept going beyond Bray Road and taking some back roads, kept going north, 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 Next thing you know, we end up in the uh, Kettle Moraine. And uh, we thought, hey, this would be kind of cool. I mean, it was like 9 o'clock at night. There's four of us. And I'm like, hey, we got to, let's, let's just get out here. Let's kind of walk these trails. And uh, we get out, and we're probably only in there for maybe five or ten minutes. And it's a real small light. And I got my uh, HD uh, IR going, you know, just walking around, kind of like, You'd see it finding Bigfoot, which I didn't watch that till later. And uh, next thing you know, we heard what sounded like um, kind of a, a a simian, like almost like a monkey call. It was bizarre. And I always say, I'm no Outback Jack. You know, I haven't been in the woods <laughs> for 50 years, and I know every sound out there. But the four of us all looked at each other in amazement because it it, it didn't sound like anything we've ever heard. And at that point, I was like, well, maybe that's not the Beast of Bray Road, but, you know, what is that? And uh, that was kind of like the beginning of it because, again, I was going to research into it. People, when I talked to Linda about that, she says, probably Sasquatch. And I'm like, come on, really? No, Linda, you just write about, uh, you know, the Beast of Bray Road, the werewolf. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, there's a lot more to the tale. 
And uh, at that point is when I started, you know, going back out there. Um, I started doing it like once a month, just going back to the same location. And you'll see some of that in the uh, the footage in uh, in my documentary to where uh, me and my wife, you know, she just wanted to go for a hike. Now, mind you, I always say this, she's very supportive, but I can still get the eye roll. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Which is okay because I'm a diehard Bears fan. She's a diehard Packers fan. So, <laughs> you know what? Got to have a little diversity. Fighting words. Yep, the fighting words. So, uh, but with that, she wanted to go on a hike during the day. We had baby babysitter for the kids, and um, we went out there. And um, again, this will be in my documentary to where I'm kind of following her tracks. One to two foot drifts of snow. It's still snowing, 20 degrees. We're the only ones out there. We're making tracks. She's ahead of me because that's all she wants to do. But I'm in the same location that I heard that vocalization back in October. So I was always just kind of looking, you know, I mean, like, what, what is this, you know? And uh, she's up ahead of me about 50 yards. And all of a sudden I see these two, well, these two huge divots on the side of the kettle. It's actually coming down the kettle. And I thought it was like deer coming down the kettle. You know, they'll uh, put their, their legs together when they're hopping and prancing down, you know, trying to be light through the snow, but it was, it was too, too big. So I thought maybe it was a rabbit. And the closer I got to it, it looked like a foot. It's crazy. But the thing is it, you know, the, the, the two prints apart um, after measuring and we're like 53 inches from heel to heel. Wow. And I don't, I didn't understand what I was looking at. And all of a sudden I look over the path was the next print. So whatever this was came down the kettle, took a huge stride. I mean, huge. And that looked like a foot. Now, so I'm looking and I'm seeing like these, these feet or these uh, footfalls in the snow, the deep packed snow. And I'm like, what in the heck? And I call my wife back. Actually, we texted each other back then. She goes, where are you? I take a picture of the print and I go, Pass these prints that you just walked by. She makes her way, she, before she made her <laughs> way back, I document everything. And believe me, uh, when I do document photos, video, audio, I'm not doing it for said documentary. I never looked at what I was going to do for how Finding Jay ended up. I just right. document everything, dump it in my five terabyte drive, and I've got like several of those. The Abyss, uh, just to keep going back on. And, um, so I'm recording on my iPhone 4 at the time and looking at the, the footprints. And I start to turn around to see where the prints were coming down from the kettle. And as I'm turning up, wood knocks. Oh. I, I'm looking. It's during the day. I'm looking right up to where the sound is. You know, just like a T-Rex. You know, you hear a sound. You, as a human, you can pinpoint where that sound's coming from. So I wasn't even looking through my phone at the time. I'm holding the phone up, recording it, looking with my eyes going, I'm going to see this thing, whatever it is, you know? And yep. uh, basically that never happened. My wife came back and I showed her the video. As soon as I showed her the video, her eyes got as big as saucers because <laughs> she thought it was me making the banging sounds of, you know, trying to call a Bigfoot or something, you know? Right. And because at that point, after hearing those uh, vocals in 2013, then I start tuning into Finding Bigfoot. 
um, you know, to learn a little bit more. And of course, they howl, they knock. Um, so I was I kind of influenced by that. Uh, but I didn't do any of those when we saw it. So that is my long-winded answer of how <laughs> into what I'm doing today. Well, I mean, that's that's a long way uh, of going about it. But you know what? You did it the right progression, I think. And um, a lot of people... See, when, when I started, I think, Ron, you know, we all started and we were talking about the 70s. You wanted to start dating ourselves. You know, I never thought Bigfoot was in the Pacific, uh, you know, was any place other than Pacific Northwest. And then in, in 1977, 78 or one of those, or 76, one of the three, I forgot the year. Uh, um, at three in the morning in my camp in Connecticut, uh, there was a giant monkey looking through the window that smelt you know, terrible, and is doing one of these, you know, like looks. Wow. And I'm looking, and I'm like, that, that, that's. I can see like the the shape of the nose, and it, and not like the flat, like a, a gorilla or any. Like it was a human nose. I'm like, is that a monk? Is that someone playing a trick? And it got me so unnerved, I froze. Um, I had to go to the bathroom, and I, I tell it all the time. And after about an hour, my bladder's like, dude, you got to go now, otherwise I'm in the bed. Wow. And wow. I, and where it was in in position of where I am, my head was protected by this long slat of wood. It was the window right by my feet. And we're talking about, on in all, all seriousness, no more than this wide from where the glass is and, you know, for it to go, whoop, grab me and pull me in. Oh. So um, that was my first encounter. And, you know, I was reminded of it through the guy, one of the guys I investigated, you know, when I'm in New York. Um, and I looked it up, and sure enough, there were a Bigfoot sightings at the lake right next to my camp, two of them that year. So it confirmed it. Um, and then, of course, I had other experiences, which were, were fun. But, um, Ron, I mean, you know, you used to go out with your your, um, your with, mom. With my mom. Yeah. yeah, in the late 70s, that's right. Was from Pennsylvania. So I always grew up with the knowledge that there was something out there, you know, something that was, you know, uh, that bump in the night. So whenever you hear those kind of things, you now can give it shape and you can now give it, you know, a name. So whenever I grew up, you know, whenever the nighttime settled and all the, the shadows started to lengthen, I knew inherently within my body that there was something out there that we could not explain roaming the hills of Western Pennsylvania. Um, and I think that is the thing. You do come about this stuff through progression. Um, and, you know, with me, it was through my mom. Uh, I'm, of course, I was a wide-eyed kid. But I think it's not until you become an adult and it's not until you have experience under your belt before these things start making the connections. And then whenever – because I'm a skeptic as well too. But then your skepticism starts to fade because we start encountering things we cannot explain – and it doesn't fit into the scientific method in any way. And we're left with, it's got to be something. And yep. what is that something, you know? Right. right. I mean, you know, you get to a point where, um, you know, it wouldn't, my, my dad used to tell me stories that um, growing up, there was a couple of stores in New York that, where Cheetah was actually, you know, Tarzan's Cheetah was picked up from this like pet store that had all these exotic animals. So, the thought of some of these exotic animals being released in the wild because people couldn't handle them anymore. Right, I mean, it's right. always present, um, especially if you watch that tiger show, Ron Exotic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and how many people literally let these tigers, like, oh, the hell with it, just let it loose. And now you have these 
these monsters, you know, maybe finding each other and creating these things. Um, but that said, it's just, it's, it's a shock when you first started experiencing it. And you, you know what I loved? I loved that you went with your, your wife and you went together and you both experienced it. And in your, in your documentary, Finding Jay, which I highly recommend everybody. And I think you, you put out a, a, a like a, a little special, I don't know what it is, bonus stuff right now. Is, is that correct? On a, is it at yeah, Amazon? Yeah, yeah, yeah because uh, Finding Jay came out in July of 2019, still on Amazon Prime. Awesome. What, I want, what I wanted to do is come out with a, um, a special bonus feature at, of Finding Jay. So it's kind of like, you know, if you got a DVD, you'd have your bonus features, your gag right. reel, right. Um, extended interviews and everything. So I put this, uh, you know, almost one hour little special featurette that was supposed to be piggybacked on Amazon Prime so that way you could find it right away. Right. But the, the, the problem with that, which is kind of a, you know, live and learn type of thing is, you know, it was basically I would have had to piggyback ride that as I put on my film in 2019. Right. Yeah, they, so they, yeah, yes. they, they wouldn't let they wouldn't let that go up. And the thing is, I wasn't aware of that because I got the green lights across my account. Boom, boom, boom. Got the size, the closed caption, all this stuff, that, all the hoops you have to jump through. I got a green light, green light, green light. Now I could just hit schedule and wait for it to come out. Never got a notification, but I thought I would check because it was right before Thanksgiving. It was Black Friday when I released it. Right. And uh, before leaving for, I went down to Florida. And uh, I wanted to check it, and it's red, red, red. I'm like, you know, my, my, on Amazon. So somehow in like the past week and a half prior for me to go, when it was all greenlit, right. it went that. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, great. So it's on uh, my YouTube channel with my same name, Jay Bichochen. Uh It's called uh, Finding Jay Lost and Found Special Bonus Materials. Uh, three more extended interviews uh, of the people that you actually see on the film, uh, Finding Jay, and um, some deleted scenes. And no, those also, are great. Yeah, and I, and I had to put a gag reel together. Oh, yeah, just, come on. It's too fun. It's too fun. You, you, there's so much, like fun stuff that takes place in these investigations. Yeah, we're serious and stuff, but I can tell you straight up, there is a ton of fun things that take place, and you wish you could get them on something, and I'm glad you put included that in the show notes of this episode, uh, be it in uh, you know on our Podbean or our YouTube channel. We're going to link back, if it's all right with you, JT, to Finding Jay on Amazon, as well as to the Finding Jay bonus uh, um, on, your, on your YouTube. So we'd like to yes. promote everybody on there. Um, That's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. You know, when I watched that movie, I don't know if you 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 got this feeling. I never I never was a guy that said, "Oh, Bigfoot's uh, interdimensional." You know, I was like, I heard it. I was very courteous to everybody. I'm like, okay, they talked to you through their minds. Sure, um, very nice, not condescending. And then I, you know, when we were a separate, I like, ooh, someone's you know, he's got the full six pack, but not the plastic thing to hold it together. You know. Until yeah. I had my own personal experience where something went from point A to point B, like point A being two miles away from where point B, he, they ended up. And there's only one way of doing that, and they have to do it interdimensionally. And I studied um, astrophysics and physics and astronomy, and I didn't go into it because you can't make this. Not that I made this was what I went into, but um, so a lot of things have changed. Um, and... In your, I remember watching this. There's a scene in your 
and you're, I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a scene and you go back to a certain spot where you had a nighttime vision and you see this branch and you, and at one moment the branch is normal, it's like level. And I think I talked to you about this at one point. And then the next time the branch is bent a little bit and you're like, look, it's bent, it's bent. And my, my whole, and you were smelling that smell that I think, I believe, I think that's the scene set up. And, and I, you know, Part of my thing about being interdimensional is they're changing their physique into different wavelengths and spectrums that we cannot see with the human eye. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they're great at night. They can see in certain infrared that we can't and vice versa. And if they're doing things interdimensionally, you go into the quantum physics, which we're not going to go into today. But I would have sworn that, it, that when the day comes where we can put a filter in there, my hand, I'm going to raise my hand to the Lord I'm telling you, put a filter on that scene and standing right next to you, no more than a couple of feet, you'll see a, a, a Sasquatch right there. And it was just because it looked, it had that look that like there's something going on over here. Okay. The, the one where uh, Sanjay and I are walking down when the, when, when the rocks are getting thrown at us. Yes. Yes. Okay. It was a tense moment. It, you know, it is. And, and the funny thing is, um, as any good researcher, you look at your footage when that happens. Do you know that until I started putting this together in 2018 for the documentary is when I caught the branch lowering? And I've seen this scene a million times, um, yep. you know, uh, watching it over and over and over. And all of a sudden, boom, a light goes on. Something uh, shows. Now, you know, I, I keep looking at it because... The way I look at it is this. Nobody is an expert in this. We know that. It's almost cliche saying it. Yep. Um, Doesn't matter if I have a documentary out. Doesn't matter if I've been doing this for only eight years. There are people out there that have been doing it for 20 years, 25, 30, 40. um, And it's great. Doesn't make me any special or any different from anybody else. But it all depends on, on what our view is of hunting the truth for ourselves. Right. Um, it's basically what I tell people uh, when, you know, at the end of anything that I talk about is that, look, you don't have to believe a word I'm saying. If you're interested, go out and discover for yourself because, you know, you seek, you will find. Oh, you know? oh uh, amen. <laughs> so it's, um, but that scene with the, you know, like you were talking about with the branch lowering, we were right there. I, I almost remember the uh, like it was yesterday. You know what I mean? It oh, was yeah. September, and uh, we're having rocks thrown at us. And I just wanted to get a good look at what was out in the woods. And as I pull my camera and uh, start to look into the woods, the the branch that's closest to us all of a sudden lowers. Now, again, you know, put your thinking cap on when you're hunting. The truth is that if it was an animal small animal, whether it was a squirrel or squirrel would have been too light. Yeah. Uh, a raccoon, but it was still not quite night. It, it was more nocturnal, but even so, if anything was to walk on that branch, it would have boing, 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 boing. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this case, this branch just, just lowers by a couple of feet. Oh, and it, yes. and it stays down. It stays down. It, you know, and it, how do you explain that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, what I should have done, and I didn't do it because it was all crazy, and I got to thank 
I want to thank Eric Altman for inviting me out there. I still feel guilty for being late on Friday, but I'm coming from New York. I promise, Eric, next time I have everything set up, we're good. And, we're, and I'm thinking we're going to test the, the correlation between strange lights and, and, and UFO, uh, UFOs and, and Bigfoot, right, Ron? We're going to do like a CE5 there, which I think would be a great event to, to have everybody participate in. But yeah, um, I, that's right. It, wait, yeah. I just want to one thing because, like, uh, what Jay had said about there's people out there. I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying that they're experts in the field that you know is still you know a fringe science at the very best, you know. But um, I think what a lot of people don't do is they investigate the gray areas. Uh, there are things. This this is such a nuanced field that you have people looking at this phenomenon as either a flesh and blood phenomenon or an interdimensional phenomenon, instead of connecting the dots and trying to get to the true nature of what we're talking about. And Jay, what you said and what you show on video and even your own skepticism, nobody is going to believe anything that anybody says unless they have their own experience. We are simply presenting evidence to people. Yep. Um, they have to draw their own conclusions. But I truly believe, as somebody that's been investigating this stuff now for, you know, at least uh, haphazardly for the last 40-some years, I, I do have to say that we have to look at all the paranormal phenomenon as one thing instead of separate things. So the idea of UFO research and Bigfoot research should be hand-in-hand, hand. and what Brian had suggested to try some of these other methods. I am all for using ghost hunting methods whenever you go out looking for Bigfoot as well, too. I mean, I have no problem doing that whatsoever because we are dealing with a mystery here that has been uh, has been ongoing since the dawn of man. You know, these things are embroidered into our DNA. And with all our technology out there, I think that we have the capability of getting closer to the truth, but we have to use it in such a way that we do not pigeonhole ourselves into one camp. We have to go into this with a very open mind or we're going to do more damage to the field than good. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better than you did, Ron, right there, because <laughs> that's what because that's what people will ask me is about the ghost or about the UFOs. And I'm like, I, I don't put ghosts in their own box or their UFOs yep. in their own box. or big, You know what? Whatever these are, Whatever they are, and that's the big thing uh, that I don't look at. I don't look at them as I'm, I'm going to measure a Bigfoot to me, man, because we don't know what they are. That's that's how I will approach it. So whether uh, their abilities are supernatural, not paranormal, supernatural, something that we haven't tapped into yet, you know, being who we are as man in our technical world, technology yep. world, um, but being out in the woods, surviving in the woods, and surviving into nature to be able to harness all that. Um, you know, I, I, a couple of years ago, I turned around and there was this 12 foot by 12 foot shimmer behind me, shimmering away. And I looked away because I thought my eyes were like, you know, when you go yep. from a dark room to a light room, they flicker. And it was twilight. So I looked away, nothing, you know, still the same type of lighting, no flick, no, nothing wrong with my eyes. Look back, it's still. Flickering, 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 gone. It was right behind me, like maybe five feet behind me. Yeah. No idea what it was. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I've seen this before. I've seen this in, in a couple of, you know, we have a lot of blob squatch type of photos. And I contend, and I, I put forth the hy hypothesis that them using infrasound uh, and maybe something else that we're unaware of at this point because we lack the proper science, um, they're able to manipulate a field around them dematerial whatever it is they, they're able to do something and i always point back uh like you know to the octopus you know if you never knew about an octopus and you came upon it and it can change its shape it can change its color it can change its texture it just does it because it does it we're i'm sure we we have samples you can kind of do the tests on it and i'm sure there's samples of these creatures that the government has in black products that we're not you know publicly known um but you know it's a it's a theory and i think um as we get more and more closer and more and more information comes from quantum physics i think we're going to start seeing like oh okay there's your connection and i think it's going to connect the dots from the cryptid zone to the ufo zone to the, the to the other zones that are out there like even the um the right. coast zones but you know one of the things we wanted to do on this show and it just happened because it came up we were talking ron and i we, we, Ron and I were talking about that, that call for a uh, hunting season of, of the Sasquatch in, is it Oklahoma, Ron? Oklahoma, that's right, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, and I heard this, and I said, no, these guys are kidding, right? This is like a joke. But I think it was a real uh, a proposal, and we wanted to get your take. I'm not a hunter, personally. I, I'm, I just don't hunt. I don't need to hunt. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not opposed to hunting. I think hunting's great. It keeps, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons behind it. I'm not going to get political on it. I think hunting's important. It's essential and 99.99% do it for their, you know, it's a food-related purpose and people get a lot of benefit from it. But I, I, I really do put this Sasquatch in a category of, of a semi-human or connected, like a simian is chimpanzees, like 99.9% connected to us, you know. What is your take on this? What is your feelings about it? Well, I, these are just mine, so, you know, I always say, take it with a grain of salt. I know nothing, just like Hogan's Heroes, right? I know nothing. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I, I like yes. to throw in Colonel Clink with that one. Hogan. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, you know what? When, when people do ask me that, my gut, my feelings, and the way I portray it is they're the first people. Um, whatever that is, um, I'm definitely, um, uh, uh, I don't want to say a religious man. I'm a very much a uh, fan of the Bible. Um, you know, I always say, you know, God is my co-pilot. So is Jesus. We're all in the car together. Um, and just, you know, reading in the Bible of, of, you know, the past on how long people lived back then, you know, Abraham, his sons, 800, 900, a thousand years old. And then, you know, of course, you heard of Nephilim as well that, you know, came down and, you know, kind of mated with uh, the, the humans. So it could be a spinoff, uh, a hybrid of some sort. Um, that, you know, that's where I would think that they'd get some of their supernatural abilities. But I try not to, to hang just on to that. You know, you've got to keep an open mind. So I think there are people, I treat them like people when I have my five different research areas that I go out to weekly, never the same one. I like to mix it up. And, um, when I am out there, I'm talking, I'm waving. I have a certain hand signal and, um, I'm treating them 
is I would treat somebody if they walked in my front door. They were friends of mine. I would, I would greet them. I mean, this is me. I'd go up and greet them. Hey, welcome. Come on in. And you want something to, want something to drink or whatever? That's the way I uh, would be a host. Right. So going into the woods, I'm, I'm hoping because that I've been out there for, you know, nearly eight, nearly eight years. Uh, well, coming up to it, seven and a half, but um, that they know who I am. They know I'm not going to bring. I'm not bringing enough firearms with me. Um, the people I bring out, I trust. Um, you know, like I talk to them, and I do. I, I have a certain bond with these part of the woods. Can't say with, you know, the the people. You know what I mean? Like the Bigfoot right. people, or right. or whatnot. But I'm still alive to tell the tale. And to be able to talk to you guys tonight, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes, you know, you know, and, and believe me, I'm out there late. I'm, we we go, we never hike with lights, and if we do, it's a very low red light. But we never use flashlights. Um, and, and now, don't think that I don't bring any protection because you know you get a pack of coyotes or you know come across a rogue wolf or something like that. Oh yeah, uh, you know, or a cougar, something like that. You do want to be protected, so. You know, I've got my bear spray that's, you know, sprays 33 feet, my 21-inch machete and all my knives on the side of me because I'm not out there to kill. Right. I'm not out there. When I'm hunting the truth, I'm not going to kill the truth. I'm out there searching for the truth. And um, if anybody knows me, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And I really <laughs> am more, pa- I'm more passive to um, not wanting to harm anything. So right. if we ran across some bad people, obviously I'd want to get away from them and I would do everything I could. That even goes with uh, the flashlights I do have, you know, the 2,500 lumen light spots that, you know what, like Cobra Kai, if a man can't see, he can't fight. So <laughs> I, I, I usually I usually keep that light with me as well. That's another good uh, safety security tool that I'll use besides everything else just to evade them, to get away, you know, to be safe. But I... And there's a reason for that. Um, people say I'm absolutely crazy for not doing it. But if they're that sensitive to nature, this is how I perceive it. If a dog can actually tell that you are nervous or scared, and I know people like to say Bigfoot's an animal, but I, I think they're in tune um, that when they see people, that person's going to give off, uh, if they're carrying a firearm, uh, maybe some, I don't know, maybe a, like some confidence vibe. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's kind of, um, it's when you come in a peaceful manner, yeah. um, there's, a certain, yep. there's a certain energy about you that is distinct. The same thing is when, I mean, as I, I have an intuitive type abilities, and I know, you know, you when someone's having a bad day, I know it. I can just pick up on it. These things are so in tuned with so much that's going on, and you're going into their house. Like if, if I came into your, if, if I was in your house and I touched something, you'd be like someone was here. You know. So yeah, I, I think they know. Somebody look, left the toilet seat up. Yeah, Somebody yeah. Somebody was here. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I live with old women, so I'd get that. You know, like who left it up? Um, but uh, you know, in your case, there is a vibe there, and and I love the fact that you're taking you've taken this time to actually cre- create a relationship. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, that's what you have to do. There's a lot of people that want to go, 
um, go commando. That didn't sound right. Go, uh, no. <laughs> Ron. Command, but I meant to go off the path and get miles deep into the woods and, you know, where you're a camo as, as if you were hunting rabbit or deer <laughs> or something like that. But the way I always saw it was the paths are there for a reason. They're our paths, they're human paths. And if I was in my home and I'm looking out the window and I see somebody walking by the street, what's wrong with that? That's a public street. They can walk there all day long. Wait a minute, they just put their foot on my yard. Wait, what? Wait, now they're starting to walk up to, wait, not my front door, but my side window. So I I like to approach it as totally non-aggressive. I figured, hey, you know what? If they're here, you know, I'm not walking around and talking like ghost hunting or, you know, or hunting, you know, just really quiet. We're talking at a normal like this. We laugh. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pull the phone. I, I try to be as, do whatever humans do to be, be somewhat curious. Laugh. I mean, of course, we're doing this for a reason because I also have my ears on the woods, my right. eyes on the woods as we're doing this, probably not fooling them. Um, but be as human as I can and to stay on the human path. Meaning right, the human right. street or the street. So I walk the trails and then I will get to a spot and I, I call it fishing then. Now we're just gonna kinda sit, we can be quiet, we can talk a little bit, and just observe, wait for you know, because I always say patience is trust. Yep. And and if there was anything that they'd want to creep up out on to get a better look, um, that's really what I'm trying to do because I'm not trying to prove to the world Bigfoot exists because you know what I've seen it four times of something just something that just blow my mind and all the encounters that I've had but they're only me it's only right what Jay has felt and saw so now I want that validation um I don't want to say up close and personal but you know what it is <laughs> that's what that that's what I'm striving for I always tell people yes I do carry an extra pair of underwear in my backpack when I go out <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, cause, you know I, I I know what would happen, and you know I can tell my wife that, and she could be like, okay, well that'll never happen because Bigfoot doesn't exist. But if that time comes, all I want it to do is uh, though the waves that I give it each and every time I'm out there, I do a certain hand wave and talk, and then I move on with the day. I don't sit there and talk to the woods as I go, you know, but. Uh, Every time I enter the woods, their house, it's it's kind of a, a nice handshake. Um, well, it's more of a because I, I have I'm hands free now. I don't carry a light. Yeah, I, I have a you know bag and backpack and everything, but I, I keep my hands open and kind of you know say, yep, look, not, nothing in my hands. See, yep. you know, even though I've got you know right here is my uh, IR body cam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say my that light over here. I've got. You know, I've got my, uh, my, my flare thermal hanging on my neck, but nothing here. Okay, I'm not trying to fool you. Yeah. Um, but that's my goal. My goal is to make contact because, you know what, that's the only place that I can go or really what any other researcher can go. I know they want to, some would love to go out and shoot it, bring it back. Yeah. Dice it up. Um, but... You know what? I, I don't know because I'm not like that. I don't turn on 
the TV or the news and believe everything that's on there. That's just me. Yep. Um, you know, I've, I've got to see it. So even if somebody showed you, you know, a, a Bigfoot on TV, how would you even know that's real or just rigged? And you wouldn't. So therefore, you know what? I'm not trying. I'm not going to try to prove <laughs> to anybody that one's there, but I want to know the answer. So, and, and then share it with like-minded people, obviously. Yeah. It's, well, I think there's many scientists buying Oklahoma Bigfoot hunting license. See, that's that's the problem that I see. At first, I thought it was a novelty. I mean, it would be a cool, uh, you know, income generator if people wanted a souvenir hunting license. But but what at the end of the day, I don't know who these masterminds are, but you have to understand your target is a bipedal humanoid looking figure. This is asking for trouble. You know what I mean? You're asking somebody to shoot at something that walks on two feet and looks like a person. This is, this is a disastrous thing. You know, um, I could see if they were giving out things for photographic safaris or something like that. That's perfectly okay. But, you know, yeah, I was going to say, you know, with that, I was trying to think of what their end game would be. Right. That would be, to keep, you know, maybe so many people looking for Bigfoot has disrupted so many hunters. Right. So now, so now they're going to say, "Look, not during deer season or turkey season or hog season or whatever season, we're going to give you this sliver that you can go out and actually look, and there's going to be no other hunter out there, so you're going to be safe." Um, meaning, I really think, you know, because. They're not going to admit Bigfoot's real, right? Right. So they're just trying to get everybody out of the woods so that all the other hunters can do their hunting, and then we'll give these little Bigfoot novice people a license to go out, you know, to go look for a month. Then you got to stay out of the woods. Then from there on out, let the hunters do their thing, and that's kind of you know can't do that. It's it's interesting, Ron, because you know if you really look on some of the books in the Forestry Service, and there are uh, some states have a, a it's on their penal code that, that if you, you're not allowed to trap or kill or, or hurt a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, whatever it is, and they can't, it's a generic word for wild something from the woods, you know, be called wild man in the past, whatever. Um, I agree with Ron, and, and, and I, I can see what you're saying, uh, Jay, with the whole, like, like give him a little, little window. But that's for that's for the novice people because everybody knows that in in certain areas there's certain type of periods where they don't fall into that like oh well we have from May to August like right, you know right. it's that's not a good season for them you know we really need to be in like no, October November so can we change this you know I I just and I I worry about the idiots that we have in this world and as we can see in the last couple of years they're all over the place. Um, Someone is going to get dressed up as a Bigfoot, trying to prank a joke, and is going to wind up dead. Or my concern is somebody's going to try to camouflage themselves in a, in a ghillie suit, and somebody's going to shoot them. That's my problem. Yep, that too. Uh, uh, you know, here in Western Pennsylvania, invariably, at least several times a year, somebody gets shot because they were mistaken for a turkey. So you can imagine <laughs> with somebody walking through the woods, especially, you know, at sunrise or sunset. Right. This is asking for trouble. Um, and I do like what you said, Jay. You know, that's the whole thing. Hey, look, you know, we'll give you a license. You can go out there. But, but let's make it under certain circumstances, like, you know, with a bow and arrow or something. You know, you don't right. want to be out there with a high-powered rifle. 
because a lot of mistakes are going to happen. I, I yeah. think if you're going to make it anything, say no, you're allowed a uh, six-inch survival knife. Go, go, go at it. At least let's give the Bigfoot at least a shot at it. <laughs> yeah, right. um, Here you go, though. I do have to change gears just a little bit. Okay. Because we talked about the nature of Bigfoot and everything else, but we have to come back to Bray Road really quick. Yes. Oh, yeah. What is your opinion on that? And I know that you have opinion about people, uh, about Bigfoot being, you know, uh, some sort of, people for lack of a better term what is the deal at with bray road is it a misidentified creature such as a rogue wolf out in that area is it you know somebody playing a prank or could it be you know bigfoot people are seeing and just give it dog-like qualities or is it something completely different well i can tell you i've seen two very odd things on bray road because even though i do research the kettle bray road's on the way it's so easy just to pull off on Bray before I get off on Highway 11 and head north again. Or 12, I'm sorry. Um, but there was one, it was in 2014, April, and um, it was actually a road right off Bray. That whole area has a creepy vibe. I mean, it really is. Um, if you drove down it during the day, and because I've taken Eric when he when he came up to visit here in Wisconsin, I took him on Bray Road, and really, that's all it is. It's farm field and some groves of trees and some barns. There's nothing really ominous about it, but it's an infamous road, right? Or a famous road, however you want to look at it. And um, one time, my well, my daughter lived right down the road from Bray, so I was going up to visit her. But before we stopped at her house... We went down Bray. Um, I had my wife drive so I could like take pictures, you know, because that's what I do. And um, we take a right on hospital. And this is during the day. In April, everything is still early April, and everything is still very brown. Okay, like you know, the fields are all harvested, just right. kind of muddy clumps. And um, then there's like some groves of trees that you know are, are sat back about 50 yards, and they may go about 200 yards down the road that way some groves of trees and uh we stopped and eh, you know nothing much there you know we were just on a little right off prey so she started doing a three-point turn and in her second point of her turn i'm looking down in the same part of the road uh, about 150 yards down along the tree line and i see something that's auburn and it's it stood out now it didn't look like it was you know in human form you know, mm -hmm. uh, hominid form. Uh, but it also didn't look like it was a quadruped either. It didn't look like a horse or a cow or, you know what I mean? Or there was something different about it that was noticeable. About it. It, almost, it almost looked boxy. Actually, if I really wanted to look at it, it almost reminded me of a refrigerator. I don't know if that makes any sense, kind of on an angle. So I'm looking at it, but it just stood out. And so on the second part of the turn of my wife, I said, wait, wait, let's keep going down there, down the road. Don't turn around. No cars or anything. So um, she's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, I'm staring at it. And, okay, I said, just start driving up to it, but just go slow because we're only about about maybe 125, 150 yards down from where we were. But I just had my eye on it. And we're driving up, driving up. I'm still looking at it, but the closer we got, it just melted into the woods. It never moved but became one with the woods. It was it was weird. It just became wow round, and um, take, all of a sudden, then I decided to pull my, you know, iPhone out 
<laughs> why not film it as I'm looking? But that's just the thing, you know. It's like you're you're caught off guard. You know, yep. it's, if, you, if you ever if you ever deer did deer hunt, it's the same way. You're sitting around all day. Nothing's gonna happen. You're about to get out of your tree stand, and all of a sudden, there's the deer just out of the blue. But that, that's how this was. It just caught me off guard, and um, to this day, I don't know what it was. And actually, I called Linda right away, telling her what I saw. She's like, "Really?" So she she made note of that. I think she wrote it in one of her books. But you know, nothing really major from that, except um, a year later, she said, "Ooh, Jane, we got to meet these two people. Um, they saw something right off on hospital. Same spot you did." You know, really? All right. We, we met him and we interviewed him and we actually went out there and um, they said they were, you know, novice too, just kind of looking for the beast of Bray Road and they came off hospital, off Bray um, and uh, there was an open field there and they kind of parked off to the side and they're looking at this thing and they said it was kneeling and like reaching in front of it like it was swimming but trying to dig something up and uh, now here's the odd thing. They said... Um, and they, they have no idea who I am, or I don't think Linda wrote it in the book yet or anything. They said it was Auburn, and it was just digging out there. And here's the weird thing is, is it was exactly um, 100 yards further south from where my sighting was. And they had, I had mine in April, they had theirs in July. Wow. So, yeah, so th- there's some, a little bit of validation there. Now you could say, well... All right. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's Dogman? Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. However, now here's where it gets creepy, strange. I don't talk about it because right. there's absolutely no proof at all. And this is this is Jay of Sound Mind. See, I put my hand up. Yep. <laughs> this is Jay of Sound Mind. Uh, I was driving with Sanjay uh, on the way back from the kettle. We're doing a kind of a Bray Road sweep. And it was about one o'clock in the morning, and we're actually going around. Um, you know, you got Bray, then Hospital. Um, there's a couple roads, and you end up on Bowers, uh, which actually you probably have seen on Travel Channel, Lee Hample's uh, farm. Right. A lot of strange things going on over there, but I didn't know Lee back then. Um, but this was right past his barn, and on the left side, I was only doing. I'm going to say 18 miles an hour because I know I wasn't doing 20, but I wasn't going too slow. But I didn't want to draw attention to any farmers that might be up seeing a car driving down real slow. And uh, I think Sanjay at that time started looking down at his pictures he was he took from that, that night's investigation. But right off to my left, and I kid you not, again, you know, I can only say this, you take it for what it's worth. I see right on the side, the left side of the road, what and I, I can't tell you the height, but it was taller than my Ford Escape, and it looked like a, a, a bipedal wolf, um, kind of having its arms raised, looking up. And it was weird because it was almost in a statue form, and it just boom caught me. I immediately hit the brakes, and then just back up. Sanjay's like, "What the heck?" And I, I kind of like back up and go, you know, however fast you could slow down, going right. 50 miles an hour back up and then they hit the lights right there there's nothing there now here's the weird thing is there was a, there was the road a little bit of a uh, little bit of the ground with the side road and then a huge real deep ditch, ditch and it comes back up and then goes into a harvested uh you know uh farm field out there so there's no, nothing there 
There was no trees there. There was no bush there. Uh, there was no telephone pole there. There was nothing there for me to see, you know, misidentify. Misidentify, yep. Something. And, you know, and, until this day, I, I mean, I drew it when I got home, but I, I can't unsee it. I totally remember exactly like it was yesterday what I saw, and it kind of freaked me out. I mean, I, I wasn't really in danger or anything, but I keep thinking, why would I see that? You know what I mean? So either, A, there's just something so big going on, you know, in the whole Elkhorn area. And I mean, you know, I hate to use the word portals and, yep. you know, dimensions, but you know what? After what Lee Hample showed me that he has out there on his farm, on believe that you can't you can't explain this stuff so it's not black and white that it's a a bipedal werewolf walking right. around and it's physical and it's going to go lay in someone's barn and transform back into mary jane or whatever you know what i mean we, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, we, we I, I really don't see it that way but i think that area has something to it you know and i know that sounds very vague Some hot. Yep. yeah yep. but you know there's you know, because we've also looked at the ley lines and everything going right. through, like, Burlington. and um, But, again, even just looking at those, there's still no there's no 100% proof of anything. I mean, people say portals. I've seen them on Star Trek. Yeah. Space. I've never seen one in real life, so I can't say exactly what a portal is or how they're even used. But, you know, seeing that wolf on the side of the road... And it not being there, and there's nothing around. I forgot to tell you this is like in a field. There's, you know, I'm probably, you know, maybe quarter mile away from the nearest house, right? You know what I mean? Or, or even grove of trees or whatever. So, and people are like, "Well, why don't you tell that story?" And I'm like, "Well, because it's like it happened so quick." And I'm, I keep saying, "Well, maybe it's just my eyes." You know, people always say. Jay, when you go out in the woods, you're going to see Bigfoot because you're looking for Bigfoot. Nah. You're going to see the, the Bray Road because, well, it's Bray Road and you're going to, your eyes are going to create the pareidolia or misidentification. But, you know, after doing it for so long, and you guys would know, it's not like it's new anymore, right? Right. So you're going to go for the first time. You're excited. Your adrenaline's going. You're looking for the ghost or UFOs or whatever you're looking for, and you, you have that adrenaline. But when you do this over and over and over, yeah, you know, the expectations get lowered and lowered and lowered because, you know, your chances You're of right. capturing are going to be slim to done. So this was one of the times where it was a slim to done. I'm just driving and what the hell was that, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, when you get to something like that, if, if it's that close to where you are and you're going to be going past it, I mean, me personally, uh, I find that I got a, I got a body camera. Um, to go on investigations because I want something recording, you know, and right. what a great way to say, hey, I don't got anything or I don't have anything in my hands and yep. and you're secretly or trying to secretly record it. I think they're smarter than that. But, <laughs> you know, with you, with your car, I mean, you could have a setup where you put like, okay, we're going back home. I'm going to put GoPros facing left and right and we're just going to drive normally. And, you know, maybe you'll like... Just drive, and then maybe you pick something up. But it's like anything else. Like when you're waiting for the phone, 
I mean, we, we've all had that. You're like, you wait, you wait, you wait, and you're like, oh, it's not going. And then you, you run out to get something, and also the phone rings. And you're like, oh, you know, well, it, it's... Can I, can I tell you, since that encounter... Yep. I've never not had three dash cams in my car running at one time. <laughs> they run all the time yep. now. No matter where I go, they're running. And, of course, now that they're running, nothing's showing up but deer or raccoon here or there. But I'm like, you know what? Oh, this... That one what time, one days, that one time, yeah. When, when that, really, yeah, it, 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 that drives my wife crazy too. Is because if one goes bad, which they eventually do, yep. even if you get the hundred dollar ones, which I've learned not to do, get the cheap ones. Yep. Uh, because those will go bad, then you just replace them. But I'm always like, all right, that one's bad. I can't drive. I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I can't drive around without a dash cam. It's like driving around without a seatbelt on. Yeah, <laughs> it's that cool. So I I always have them going all the time. Ever since then, they don't get it. I, I can tell you that uh, my wife doesn't get it. But when I go into certain areas, when I'm you know going to go commute from point A in New York uh, City up to where I, where my buddy is, um, I definitely have the dash cam going because it is that kind of country. And he's had so many experiences on that road. Um, the one night I I just got really lazy and I didn't want to put the camera up. There it was. Um, a triangle craft right in the air. I would have caught it. I would have had great video because it's 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 you know 1080 and audio, and it would have yeah, been fantastic. Wow. And of course, it, but this is life. You know what? This yeah, is why we do what we do. Exactly. You know, um, this is why Ron goes out, why I go out, why you go out, and and that one day we're gonna get those answers, and it's and it's gonna be a tough one to like. Who do I share this with? Do I share it with? I mean, honestly, I, it, let's be real. And Ronnie, you'd back me on this. If we all caught a squatch or a triangle UFO, it would be on Facebook immediately, right? Nope. Um, nope. I'm going to tell you straight up. Uh, there's reasons behind it, but go ahead. No, but what I'm saying is that's what I would, that would be my, um, my go-to, right? Because I'll, I'll go live on there. Yep. I will do this. Um, but, but, because somebody asked me that one question once, if you actually caught it, would you put it on? I'm like, absolutely not. I would not put it on any social media. That would, It would go in the vault. It would be shared with, you know, you guys. You know what I mean? It would be more of a, a personal share and learn. Yeah, yeah, uh, but there would yeah. be no way I would post it publicly. I, I, I always stated that if I caught this, this, it depends on what we catch. Like if I caught a, a dog man, um, which I very well could have because I was 20 feet from one. Um, and, you know, but I didn't have the cameras going. It's, it's, it's a case. But what I would do is it'd be like, I got something you have to see, but I'm not sending it to you. I'm coming out, and you're going to see it on my screen, and that's that. You know, because I, it, it's not that I don't trust people. Um, it's, it's, a, it's craziness. And I don't want to deal with the craziness of people, and I don't want right. people to look. If anybody's going to monetize on a film that you created, you should be you should get credit for it if that's your intention. But right. um, but I but think even so that you know that's funny you even say that because you know while you praise the movie and I can't thank you enough. Oh, it's great the review. Um, you can get a lot of stinkers up there too. The, the trolls, the you know, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the ones the haters. Yeah, that's what I was supposed The thing about social media, like, I'm one of these guys that I'll post anything on social media. I don't care, you know, I just like to use social media. Yeah. And no matter if you show them absolute proof, 
there are all, always going to be those people saying, well, that's Jay, he's lying, or that's Ron, he's just looking for a buck. Nobody, right. we're not going to satisfy anybody. Never. Ex- right. Well, exa- exactly. But, you know, when it, when it's, that's the hard part. You know, when, when you put a film out, a book, anything that you make and it's on Amazon, people have the right to their opinion, right? You, yep. can't, you can't please all the people all the time. Some of the people, you know, that, that good old saying, I'm saying that, you know, when you get the one star, Jay, we don't care about your family, you know, and just leave you a negative review or right. I, I watched 12 minutes of this and I had to turn it off. It's that bad. Um, you know, you gotta let that roll off. I mean, we're human or whatnot, but I, you know, some of them that have sat through it are either waiting for, to see yeah, you know, that glorified yeah. Bigfoot video, you know, like uh, like a Patterson Giblin film type of thing, yeah, modern you know? day. And yeah, and it's like I would never do that, and that's just about it. It's you know, I told you guys before that I feel like I have a, a relationship with the woods. That I'm thinking that even if I had the best uh, Patterson Giblin type footage, I, I let me even back up one step further. Uh, I was out with a, uh, another friend of mine who wanted to put a trail cam up. Right. And I, I brought mine, too. I've had it up several times. Haven't had it out in about a year, though. And he would put his up. And we kept walking. And he, and he goes, are you going to put yours up? And I'm like, nah. And he's like, okay. And we just kept going. I didn't tell him why. And it's going to sound weird. But I was ready to put my trail cam up. And then all of a sudden, I felt wrong of doing it. It was almost like. You know, if I was going to set up a little peeping camera somewhere on friends or something like that to where I felt that I, I, you guys, it's like I'm talking to the woods. You guys trust me, but I'm going to put this camera up here. Don't pretend like it's not there. Right. I'm going to try to (laughs) capture you. And honestly, that's how I felt. And that's that's when people say, if you ever caught caught this, would you um, put it in a movie and try to sell it? I'm like, you know what? As soon as I do that, I just gave up my, I don't want to sound like a flute player or anything like that, you know, my friends of the woods, because I mean, they're really not, yeah. they, haven't, they haven't gotten me anything yet. But I'm just, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I'd be betraying them massively. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems I would have with it too, is is just like, I'd like to show people like, you got to see this. And then like, you show it to you and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing, you know? But the problem with this is I'm worried, and I'm going to say it straight up, I'm worried about something happened to him, and not in a good way. Right. When people find out where you go and what you've been doing, it causes a lot of trouble. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of weird. It's like I, I told my wife, and she hates me for it, but I, I said, if I ever hit the Powerball, if I ever hit the lottery, you'll never know. And she's like, you're not going to tell me? I'm like, no, I'm not, because you know what happens? Money changes everything everybody and everything and i'm coming on camera for that i'm not kidding uh you know you'll never know we'll be living a better life don't get me wrong but i'm not going to tell you i'm going to set up these accounts and just tell you i invested for you because the minute they know that there's millions of dollars in it it it, i've seen it and i don't want that problem no you know yeah remember that's that's this go ahead go ahead ahead, ahead. oh i was just gonna say when there was this was like two years ago up here in Illinois, Wisconsin, right on the border. They had the, it, the Powerball was up to $3 billion. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's buying tickets, and I did not buy a ticket. And the reason why 
is because I live off everything what the good Lord's going to give me. I've got my family. I've got a roof over my head. I got enough to eat. You know what? Like you said, who doesn't want money, right? Jay's just talking all this crazy talk that no, I'm you would want all this money to get you know better thermal to go out in the woods or never have to work again. But you know what? You're 100 percent right. Money changes people. Fame changes, changes people. people. You got to yep. keep humble. Got to keep going with the Lord. Right. You know. And 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 yeah, no, and I agree with you. And I'm a God fearing person as well. Um, and you know, by His grace, I think we're all doing what we're doing, and we're still here. And you know, it's been. Let me tell you something. It's never easy, um, but God lets you know what's important and what's not in these days. I mean, and Absolutely. you know who your friends are. You know who your family is, and that's what it is. But again, I mean, like I, I would, I would be giddy as a school kid, you know, going like, yeah, you gotta see this, and you'd be like, oh my God. But again, I'd be, I'd, my way. yeah. And, and, you know, the Powerball, my youngest, this was a couple of years ago, I guess it was that Powerball. She, in the morning, I get up and, I'm, and she goes, Dad, the Powerball is like $3 billion. You can buy a house with that. And I said, yes, and you guys can come visit me. <laughs> and they, she didn't like that answer. I was joking, of exactly. course. But you know what? I, I think as long as you could do, you know, me personally on that money end is I would do good things with it. And that's just the truth. I, I do it all. I do it now and I don't have it. Um, the ability to do it a billion times over, God bless, you know, and I don't want the credit. Just give money here, give money there. And like, like have, you know, pennies from heaven. Um, yeah. But, but I do agree with what you're talking about. I think that if we ever had definitive evidence, it would be something that, look, I finally solved this mystery that I've been looking for. And you would kind of treasure it, and you probably wouldn't share it with anybody besides your close friends because right. yep. that was almost like a gift to you. You know what I yeah. mean? It was, it was gifted. Um, and, and you know what? I, I Whenever I talk to people, unfortunately, I've experienced things, but I've never experienced anything definitive. But whenever I speak to people that do experience these things definitively – it's, it affects them systemically. So it's almost like a religious experience. Something was revealed to them that other people usually don't get. It's almost a sacred bond. And I think that that's the same way that the Native Americans would look at this as well, too. There's something sacred. There's something spiritual there because you have to make such a connection that they trust you. And if you go in there and you do something to upset that trust, then there is that bond that has been broken that you can never repair. Yep. Exactly. Again, you said it perfectly there is that's how I feel when I go out and to be able to, um, you know, to cut that bond, yep. you know, right now I'd rather be out in the woods. There's something about being out in these woods to where I'm sitting at home on my couch, just comfortable. It's nice. I feel invited. There's other times where it can be during the day where I'm, scared crapless like all of a sudden it's like wait something's around me or walk walking behind me um but they my personal opinion is they know jay you're you're close for us to really approach you but you're not ready yet and that will be you know of, of what our reactions are this was in 2018 uh probably going out to uh it was that 2017 the pa bigfoot camping adventure it happened right. Uh, about a month after that up here where I'm out in the woods uh, with Chris, just got done raining. Uh, it's dark. Um, 
So all you hear is the rainfall off every branch, 360 degrees around you. Just okay. So we're going walking in the dark. Chris goes. He brings his pole out. You know, he's like, "Hey, do you mind if I do a few knocks? Because I really don't do that." I'm like, "Yeah, go for it." You know. So he goes. You know, you really can't see in front of you, but I I know the path. And he walks over to this tree. He finds a tree. Bam, bam. And then it's quiet. And I close my eyes. It's dark. I don't know why I close them. It just helps me concentrate. And I'm hearing, you know, the rain. I'm listening for knockback. Instead, I hear three solid heavy bipedal feet right behind me, starting from my right, stopped directly behind me to my left. <laughs> I couldn't move. I mean, I was, I was a tree. I was petrified. I couldn't motion to Chris. Um, couldn't say, couldn't speak, didn't know what to do. Had this feeling of, do you remember, uh, you know, as kids, uh, being in the basement, you drop the lights downstairs and as you yep. go upstairs, you have that, that feeling of something coming up behind you to get you. It was that feeling of, oh my God, I am going to die <laughs> right here, right now. You know, and I'm just in my head and I'm like, all right, all of a sudden I broke out of it and I walked directly towards Chris. He's about 10 feet away from me. Boom, 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 boom. And then, but at this point, I, already, I had my thermal, and I instead of turning on a flashlight, because I wanted to be nice, in case he was standing there, I don't want to blind him, and I, I turned on my thermal right away, and there was nothing there. But I heard it. Um, I, I always carry my H1 Zoom on me, and it's always recording. I can hear it, um, but you have to listen to it between the, the rainfalls. And then I'm just doing the whole EVP. Listen. Listen, sweetie, it says Bruce. Oh, it does say Bruce. So yeah. I don't want people to hear that, but that's just a point where I was trying to get to of saying that after that experience, I stopped hiking for a little over a month. I, I hung up my backpack. I'm like, I don't know what the hell we're looking for. I was scared crapless. Um, yeah. You know, I really was. I was uh, from my mic, uh, from the H1 Zoom, it was about a minute and 20 seconds, a minute and 22 seconds that I didn't move, that I'm just listening to the rainfalls around me. I was just frozen. So at that point, I really do believe it could have been it could have been a test of saying, "Are you even ready?" If I walk behind you and you're like that, can you imagine seeing me? Um, you're not ready for me yet, and that's kind of the message I got. Yep. And um, so, I mean, I still bring my extra pair of underwear with me. Don't, don't oh, get me wrong. I'm, I'm only human. I I got the pens in the car every time I go out, just in case. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I've had those moments, and it's just like. You know, you, you tell people about it, and I've had these people, the, the audacity of like, I would have ran out there. No, you wouldn't have. You would have been crying like a girl. You just would have been sitting there like a little baby, you know, crying and probably pissed, pissed yourself. It is that intense of a moment. And you yeah. you understand the how this thing is, um, it's, and I don't mean a monster, to like, like a, you know, it's ginormous. And I use the analogy like Bubbles the Chimp that Michael Jacks used to carry could at any point in time just taken his head and pulled it off. Okay? Take right. Bubbles the Chimp and make him nine feet tall. Just these things pull trees out. Yeah. So the or, only. Th or yeah, make a nine foot tall intelligent creature, which changes the game a little bit at that point as well, too. See. You know, we always like to put things in like a structuralist term. There's, there's good, there's bad, there's civilized, there's uncivilized, because that makes sense in our human brain. What happens if we're not talking like Jay suggested as animal, but almost a form of person? 
that changes the game completely. Yep. Because at that point, what you're talking about is something that's self-aware, and they will initiate the content. You know, I was, I was going to bring this up, and, and this is something I was going to go into, but thankfully you went into it a bit, Ron. I do a lot of CE5s, where close encounter of the fifth kind, where you you actually do a meditation consciously. You're trying to connect to these aliens to call them in, okay? And I said, you know, it, it works. We have really good success with this. We do get craft and chips, and I'm, you know, one of the things I want to do in the next, when it gets warmer out for me, I'm, I, I would suggest to you too, when you go to that place in the kettle, go in there and mentally say in your head, hey, my name is Jay. I'm here because I, I want to have some kind of interaction with you. I mean, you no harm. And try to try to do that prior to it and see what your results are. I think you're going to have uh, well, an amazing experience if you haven't done it already. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's how I pick up chicks as well, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> Well, and the Vulcan mind pitch. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you remember in Finding Jay, you hear all those coyotes in the very beginning. That was recorded, and it still went on for another 50 seconds after that. Uh, after I did the, as I was my nephew, he's more grounded to aliens, and he goes, "We've never tried this meditation thing. Let's let's try it. We'll just go back to back." Yep. And so we did this, and. Um, here, that's the weirdest thing. Again, I don't know if I'm answering my own question, but um, I got to a point because I had a problem with that. You know, when I, I close my eyes and talk to is Jesus, that's what I do, yep. right? It's what I do. So to be able to meditate to something else, I kind of felt a little weird about that. That's just me. That's just me, though. It's not wrong, right, or whatever. It's just what how my personal faith is. But I said, okay, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to do this. I close my eyes and uh, we're back to back and I'm, I'm asking, I'm like, you know, after like so long of thinking, are you here? You know, are you around us? I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to stretch my <clears throat> consciousness into the woods, you know? And finally I said, you know, are you here? And I hear, yes. Now it's my voice. Sure. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Can I just answer my own question? Like two plus two is four. Oh, you know, it was weird because it was just that art response, whatever. And then I said, okay, um, how many how many of you are around here? And I just heard, we are many. That was it. Then a convoy of a gazillion coyotes come right to the bottom of the kettle, and I mean, they're in that feast. I mean, it was almost like they were circling us, and it happened right about 10 seconds after they said, we are many. And the, the coyotes just went crazy. That's when I kind of broke out of it a little bit, turned around to bed, and we're just like looking at each other, like, what? You know, I mean, it's loud. I mean, yep. you can hear it in, in the documentary. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's um, I, it was definitely a crazy time. I think that is, you know, Ron and I have, we, we talk about this a lot. Um, we talk about how consciousness is very important to creating a vibration level for yourself. And you know, this is this is what you get. This this that vibration and that in elevating yourself. It happens in churches and temples all throughout the world. That's what a religious experience is. That's what the Lord teaches you. You know, it's it's connecting with that. You're connecting to a higher level where the masters are. And um, I always go with the the theory and the and the methodology that we are created in, in God's image, and we are endowed with certain abilities that we have yet to un unlock. 
And I think by raising your vibration, you start unlocking those little keys of success. Um, and I don't want to yeah. do anything that's against anybody's religious belief. But I think by meditating, just by breathing and taking in the world around you, and you are connecting with things far better than just like having a camera and like, you know, oh, where is it? Where is it? You know, I think you actually got a response. And I think the only way to test it is to go, hi, last time we talked, you said we were many. You know, can, right. can right. you just give me a, I thought I was maybe not thinking right. Can you just knock on a tree? So I know that we're having this conversation. Well, see, I, I'm worried because I'm going to say, was that you that we were here? What did you mean we are here? Can you elaborate on that? Get out. Well, yeah. You know. Well, All right. See, see, see. But well, I, I know, I know, I know exactly what you're saying, and and I never like to come across as, um, you know, my belief, my faith. This is what I do versus what anybody else does. That's anybody else. I'm talking right. about me. And uh, so, like I said, therefore, I don't know if that's a, a form of talking, sending your consciousness out. Praying is consciously putting yourself around, you know, your surroundings, you know, very well could be. Cause I, it's not like I'm more trying to call Orson, you know, I don't know where Orson's at, you know, when right. I'm doing this, um, it, it is definitely something that when we do go to quiet mode that I, that I still think of that, try to put the, the feelers out there, you know, um, right. just all, all different things. So, you know, th there's, there are these little computers around the world and, um, they they react automatically to anomalies uh, when there's events bad events coming they start getting erratic and they start putting out weird results and they tested it also with all these um, monks praying at the same time and they did it and they saw that that it was doing something different so the the power again we're not getting religious here I'm just telling you straight up there is a power of prayer that is 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 around that helps to heal people. And I think in the power of prayer, I think these beings actually are higher on the on the evolution scale than we are. Yeah. And they're vibrating at a totally different level. And if they well, are God's creatures, you are allowed to semi have a conversation with them. And that's just my belief. But I think, wow, what a great experience. That's a one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Well, prayer is communication. At the end of the day, it's all it is, is communication with a higher power. And uh, the idea that we open up our minds, I mean, it works in everyday life as well, too. I truly believe that if we put good vibes out into the world, good vibes will be returned to us. In the same way, if we go out into the woods, if we put out good vibes, it's going to be accepted. You know, and the vibrational frequencies that we put out will be synced up by similar beings that have, you know, hopefully they have the same intentions. But I think that we can, on a very vibrational level, sync up with other living things. I, I truly believe that. And I think science throw that out as well, too. Yeah, I mean, and I, I guess, you know, because people do still want to put Bigfoot into a in, an animal, right, um, form more so than human. But, you know, at the same time, I always think of one thing that separates Bigfoot from being more human than animal is consequence and yep. you know it, if a bear is hungry or you know you're by its cubs um if you're by a mountain lion and the, the food is scarce um some rabid dogs or you know wolves or coyotes 
they're not going to hesitate to try to take you out for survival of the fittest. Um, but at the same time, I keep thinking, you know, any of these Sasquatch uh, try to take somebody out, what's that going to do? You know, it's going to create nothing but a big search party, and it's going to it's going to infringe on their yep. their way of life. And, and maybe they slip up somewhere that humans don't go, but pretty soon during a, a, a normal search, they're going to find it. So that's what I think really separates them from um, being, um, you know, being uh, animal, more human than animal. More, right. you know, I mean, wild man, mind you, not like, not on how intelligent we are. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's a lot of, of, of pluses to these creatures, and there's also, you know, events where they're just, they, you know, they're still... A wild individual. I mean, humans kill, and they they do as well. But there's also very compassionate events and stuff. It's it's all. I guess it's based on situations and scenarios. And we could continue this on. I, I I know it's late by you, and you probably want to get back to being dad. Um, yeah. Ron, um, is there a, look, before we get going here? And I can't thank you enough for you being on the program and the broadcast. And we're welcome back here anytime and every time. I mean, it's there. Um, but uh, tell the audience where you can be found, and if they have some, I guess, information maybe valuable to your your even video, where they can reach you, and what's coming yes. up also, if you don't mind. Sure, um, you can actually find me at jbachochin.com. There you'll find links to uh, on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and you can find those links through there. You can also find the link to uh, watching Finding Jay, a link to Amazon Prime. Um, just to let you know, I do carry uh, the high-quality Blu-rays if somebody wants one. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd, and I like tangible yep. collectibles <laughs> instead of just streaming, and I know streaming's the thing. Uh, but you can find me on those pretty much those platforms, uh, Facebook, um, my website, obviously, and YouTube. Um, and right now, I, I did put out uh, Finding Jay Lost and Found special bonus material, uh, just uh, last Black Friday, and uh, currently people say, "Well, you're working on a new one," <laughs> and um, I'm always—I guess I'd always be working on a new one because every time I go out, I document. Now it's just a matter of—I'm not trying to put out uh, quantity. I'd rather put out quality. And again, quality to me might be a little different from you, but my quality would be saying, "Here's some things that we've come across." We haven't been able to debunk them at all, no matter how hard we tried. And I'm going to put this and then let the viewer decide. That's how I always want it to be. I never will shove it down anybody's throat, you know, what I think it is. I'll let those people do it. But right now, um, just doing a lot of, uh, you know, my researching and trying to get closer to, uh, you know, the answer I seek. It could be a lifetime, but, you know, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And doing these great podcasts that yeah. are nice enough like yourself to let me add you and Ron. I appreciate it. You know, we're, Ron and I have been going through so many different things. Unfortunately, there's a lot of losses going on in this. I mean, it seems like every day I, I'm on Facebook and the next thing you know, I'm saying, I'm sorry for your loss, my condolences. But so we made a, a conscious effort. It's it's almost like therapy for us, Ron, <laughs> you know, in many ways. And we've, we've gotten requests like, where are you guys? You know, when's the next show? And it's like, look, folks. We do this out of because we want to do it. We're not getting paid for it yet, but we're available, so just contact us. Um, exactly. But, you know, and we love talking with, with 
great guests like yourself and great people that we've met. Um, yeah, it's great, yeah. absolutely. So, they, uh, okay. Yeah, it flew by, as a matter of fact. Next time, we got to have your son on, my friend. We have to oh, have Oh, yeah, if we, we can trouble you for that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. If I plan it with him, I'd make sure Mommy gets uh, son's work homework done and they get all that squared away <laughs> and I can get him set up here, no problem. He would love it. You know, I would yep, uh, love to have yeah. him on as well too. Maybe yeah. we'll get a Twitch yeah. channel for him, like you know, we'll put it on Twitch too, because that's the gaming channel. You know, know. well, actually, my wife uh, just downloaded TikTok like two oh, weeks ago. I saw your, t- I saw that, yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm doing it because you know I, I love doing creative videos and everything like that. Man, does TikTok have some really cool features that you can do? And that's what I am. You know, I always say I'm an entertainer too. And yep. I like to make people laugh. So I'm from the 80s, and I like to make people laugh. Um, but, yeah, so with that, it's like, again, I don't care about followers or whatever. But if I could share them and make people laugh, which I did on Facebook. If you didn't have TikTok, I would take that yep. video and put it on Facebook and get people to laugh, you know, I, which I, is cool. Yeah, I do the same thing with the, you know, I've seen Ron on the on the, on the the TikTok and, and doing some dancing and, and whatever. My daughter wants me to do TikTok, and I have one video. I'm like, I don't do TikTok, but I, I am loving right now all the different effects you can get from Snapchat. So I start sending people stuff that is crazy. I mean, I've sent Ron a couple of things. He's probably like, this guy's nuts. Um, <laughs> and But it's fun, you know, and... My, my next my next thought is I think we should do an episode where we record it, but everybody has to be be doing it through like like uh, Snapchat so we can get the crazy characters as as the, the episode, not that'd our normal. Good. I think it would yeah, be that'd, fun. That'd be awesome. But after you, sir, Ronald. That's it. I I, I think. Are we wrapping this show up now? I think it's going. Yes, on? you know I'd like to get him back before you know uh, the wife comes down and wants to hunt us. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, we could have went on for a while, more, so we'll have to back, have you back on the show. Hopefully, God willing, we will be able to cross paths sometime this summer. Let's yes. hope that this 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 nightmare needs to end very soon. Um, but you know, I've not been on a radio show for quite some time because you know I lost my dad, I lost my stepmom, and things have just not been going good. But I'm glad that whenever I finally came back to the radio, you were the guest. Yep. I, I really do admire you. You're a good human being, and you're, you're, you're a good father as well, too. And that's a very rare in this day and age. So it was actually okay. our pleasure having you here, my friend. You have the keys to the Goblin universe anytime you want to come in. The only thing we ask you is to put the toilet seat up when you're done. But yes, that is good. You know, from, so from Brian Bowden and Ron Murphy... We will bid adieu inside the Goblin universe until next time. Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a deep thanks to Purple Planet. You guys rock. Hey everyone, I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart. Join me on the second and last Sunday of each month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. We talk about ghosts, cryptids, aliens and UFOs, and so much more. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and any place you find fine podcasts.
there are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. G go away. Go I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson.